those of you who to Luke chapter 17. <clears throat> Luke chapter 17. I must say that I am truly blessed. God has been so good to me, so kind and so gracious, so patient. I'm truly, truly blessed. And because of that, I am so thankful for all that God does in my life. Last week, as many of you, or hopefully most of you know, um, Melanie and I and uh, uh, got away for a few days and um, had a little vacation. And um, uh, I don't know if you've ever been to Lake Almanor, but that was our first time there. And uh, boy, I'll tell you what, that's a beautiful place. They actually have trees. Those are those tall, skinny things, you know, that, you know, um, yeah, they have green stuff on the top of them, and yeah, it's pretty, pretty cool. But, um, you know, after the busyness of the ladies' conference and just with everything that has gone on in, in our personal lives over the last couple of years, we've just not had a chance really to just slow down and just have a quiet time. And uh, this week we were able to do that, and uh, I'm I, I'm just so thankful for that. And as 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 always, when I uh, think of being thankful, I will oftentimes think of missions. Missions, I, I, missions is, is something very, very precious to me. Um, as, as most of you know, that uh, my wife and I were missionaries for several years, and and um, and because of that, missions is something that is just incredibly precious to me, and and missionaries are very precious uh, to me. And whenever I have an opportunity to slow down and and meditate, I my mind almost always goes. To missionaries that I know all over the world, and uh, I'm so very thankful for their dedication and uh, their hard work. And <clears throat> as I have spent time contemplating missions month this 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 year, I have. been very thankful that our church has been faithful in supporting missionaries the 14 years that we have been here. I would love to see us support even more missionaries. That, that would be an incredible thing. But as we contemplate missions this morning, I want to I, my, my mind was drawn to the story, a story in Luke chapter 17. And the, this story in Luke chapter 17 is one that is probably very familiar to many of you this morning. It's, 
it's not going to be a story you're going to go, wow, I've never heard that one before. No, this is one that that we have talked about many times here at Grace, and, and I'm sure those of you that are from other churches have probably um, studied this story as well. It's a, one of Jesus's um, uh, greatest, I think, greatest uh, healing acts of healing that he did that we that we know of. Um, but I'm thankful for the story because the story <clears throat> really, I think, goes to the heart of being thankful, gratitude. Dr. Bob Jones Sr. used to say, when gratitude dies on the altar of a man's heart, he is well nigh hopeless. And we live in a society today where people just are not thankful. Yeah, even yesterday, coming back from Lake Almanor, we we stopped and had lunch in Susanville and had an opportunity to talk to our waitress. Her name was Kim, and Kim just had had a hard day. You know, she, you know, we got there about one one o'clockish or so, I think. I don't know, and um, she'd been she'd been on her feet since five. She said the restaurant had just been crazy since five o'clock. And I let her know that I was I, I appreciated her serving us and taking care of us. And she just she just stopped. She says, Wow, thank you for being thankful. She says, most people aren't that way. How sad. How very sad that we live in a society where people just we just take each other for granted, do we not? <laughs> In 1860, a ship won aground in Lake Michigan near uh, Evanston, Indiana. A guy named Edward Spencer waded in and out of the water to help rescue the people in the, in the freezing waters. He was able to rescue 17 passengers on the vessel that, that was going down. And because of his repeated um, trips into the frigid water, it, it, it affected his health. And he died shortly after. And it was noted in the news article that at his funeral, not one of the 17 people that he helped save came to his funeral. Thankfulness. Now, before we go any further, let me ask you this. What are you thankful for this morning? We all have a lot to be thankful for, do we not? But have you spent any time this morning being thankful? Have you purposely said, God, thank you for you fill in the blank? Let's read Luke chapter 17 and verse 11. And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, 
that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him uh, ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go, show thyself unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Now let, let me stop here in verse 14, and because verse 14 is an interesting verse that we may not understand, but the, the process here of uh, when, when a person had leprosy back in Jesus' day, um, they, the, the, the medical world did not really understand leprosy. And because it was, a, it was a disease that would render someone unclean, the process was that for a Jewish person, they would have to go to the priest and show themselves to the priest. And it was the priest who would then determine whether they were clean or unclean whether the disease had left them or not. So that's why Jesus doesn't tell them to go to the doctor. He tells them to go to the priest so that the priest then, once the priest says, okay, you're clean, give them the thumbs up or whatever you want to call it, then they could go back into society. But until the priest does that, they are still considered unclean and unable to interact with in society. Verse 15, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on, on his uh, face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered, said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found. Excuse me. Uh, there are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise and go thy way, thy faith had made thee whole. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. And Lord, thank you for your love. Lord, help us this morning as we look at this very, very important passage of Scripture that we would ourselves be thankful. Help us, dear God, to do a mighty work in our hearts and our lives. We love you and we thank you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. As we dig into this story this morning, I want to focus on three different aspects of this story. The first two are going to be very obvious, um, but the third one is, 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 I think, a little less obvious but hopefully you'll get my point as we dig into this. But down deep in these verses, I think that we're going to find what I, what I consider the objective of missions. That's the title of my message this morning, is the objective of missions. Have you ever stopped to think about what missions is all about? You know, most people, me being having been a missionary, I've, I've been on both sides of the coin. I've, I've supported missionaries. I've been a missionary, so I know what missions is about. 
And a lot of people have a misconception that missionaries are no more than uh, pastors in foreign countries. And, and, and yes, that's true to a point. But most missionaries, especially those that are in third world countries, <clears throat> I read an article one time that, that missionaries that live in third world countries spend 70% of their time just existing. Do you realize that refrigeration in, in most countries is, is, is skimpy at best? That means that, that, that most missionaries that live in third world countries uh, have to go to the market, if you would, just about every day to get their, their daily needs. And then the conveniences of microwaves and all of the stuff that we have, guess what? They don't have. And just to exist takes 70% of their time. I know missionaries that, that <clears throat> um, their water source, they, they, have, they have these huge catch basins that when, they, when it rains, the rain hits the roof of their house, goes down to the gutter. The gutter then transfers the water into these huge basins. And during the dry season, that is their water source. And many times, <clears throat> those, those water sources dry up during the year. And I've never heard one of them com complain. I know Rickson and Susan Kaling here from, they're going to be here the first Sunday of next month. Um, <clears throat> their power, their electrical power is, 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 is different than ours. You, they, they pay for it in advance. And when, it, and when, the, when the meter runs out, the power goes off. And Rickson was telling me one time of a, they were in the middle of church service and the power went out. So they had to give somebody a bunch of money and send them down to the power station to, to get the meter turned back on so they could finish church. I mean, we don't think about that. I've been in church services where uh, <clears throat> the, 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 uh, the, um, the church was a lean-to, just a, a grass hut. And it was, it was, it was getting on to dark, and they, they uh, fired up the generator. You could hear it humming out in the jungle with a, a, a homemade, uh, uh, literally a homemade power cord that ran through the jungle and into the church, and there were two light bulbs in the church. One kind of out in the middle of the church and the other one over the pulpit so that the pastor could see in order to preach. And we complain if it's too hot or too cold. By the way, it's kind of warm in here, isn't it? <clears throat> I want to ask you three questions this morning. Yeah, thank you, Rick. <laughs> Just turned on the fence. <clears throat> I want to ask you three questions. Number one, why do you give financially to missions? Why do you give financially to missions? Number two, 
Why do you pray for missionaries? And having been a missionary, I will tell you this, your prayers are far, far more important than your money. Just saying. But why do you pray for them? And then thirdly, why do you go and help missionaries? One of the things that I would love to do in the next year or two is make a mission trip, uh, the, the church as a, as a whole, uh, as many as, uh, of us that can go to a foreign country and, and help a missionary. I would love to do that. I think it would be great. I tell you what, it will change your life. It will change your life. But before we answer those questions, I want to get back to the, to the, to the, to the story that I, we started here a minute ago. My first point this morning is I want to look at the ungrateful. The ungrateful. Verses 11 to 14. And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of the Samaria and Galilee. And he entered into a certain village. There met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show thyself unto thy priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Jesus heals all ten of them. And as they they turn to be obedient, the cleansing takes place. These men stood afar off and they yelled and they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They did not say, Jesus, have mercy on us. They said, Jesus, Master. This is important important that we get this because they understood who Jesus was. The word Master is an interesting word. It is... Uh, It is the same word that Peter used in Luke chapter 5 and verse 5. And and Simon uh, answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and have uh, taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. The word master means chief commander or probably a better phraseology we would use as final authority. They understood who Jesus was. They understood that Jesus was the Messiah. And that he was the final authority. And they were pleading to him, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Important phraseology. They knew exactly who they were talking to, and they knew exactly what they were asking. But before we get too critical of the nine who took off and never looked back, we need to examine our own lives. We need to realize that each and every one of us is guilty of doing the exact same thing, are we not? We take Jesus and the blessings of God for granted every day. 
And one of the one of the things that <coughs> excuse me, one of the things that I tried to do on this vacation that we that we uh, were able to get away was that I just spent time thanking God for being God. Thanking God because what happens when we get busy? We forget, but we just go through the motions, do we not? We just we get in this habit of just going through the motions of going to church and reading our Bible and going and doing and then and then you know we never stop to be thankful for the blessings of God in our lives. Now I want everybody to do this, okay? I want everybody to exhale. Okay? Now inhale. That is a blessing of God. The fact that you're breathing. Many of us, <clears throat> I was teasing with Elaine earlier. <laughs> We're getting old, are we not? And we hurt. <laughs> but you know what? Praise God you hurt. When's the last time you just stopped and praised God for being God in your life? Psalm chapter 107, verse 8. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. You know, we on Sunday night, we at Grace Baptist, we, we have a time of testimony. And we, we sit we, we have a time to share the things that God is doing in our lives and and, and I have I have people tell me all the time, uh, well I shouldn't say all the time, occasionally people will say to me, you know what, Pastor, I, I'm kind of shy and bashful. I don't I don't like to say things, but God is so good to me. We should be shouting that from the rooftops. Because the Bible says that if we do not give praise to God, guess what will give praise to God? The rocks will cry out. We should, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. We should not only be yelling it from the rooftops, <clears throat> but we should be telling everybody about the goodness of God. Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 29. Oh, that there were such a heart in them that they would fear me and keep my, all my commandments uh, always that it might be well with them and with their children forever. Too often we are content to just take in the blessings of God and not share the blessings of God. So before we get too condemning of the nine who took off, uh, we need to examine our own lives as well. Now, I don't know about you, but I've thought about this long and hard. There's a really good chance that if I was one of the ten, I'd have been one of the nine. Does that make sense? Why? I'd have been excited. I would have. I would have. I would have wanted to be with my family because these men. These ten men were not allowed to be around their family. They were not allowed to be around their loved ones, friends, anything. 
because of the disease. And when they became cleansed, they had to have become excited. What did, what, I'm sure many of them, the first thing was, I'm, I'm going to get to the priest so that I can get home and see my family, see my loved ones. So before we go condemning, we need to examine our own hearts and lives. The second thing that I want to I want to look at this this morning is the grateful. In this, I have a couple of thoughts. The first one is this: <clears throat> He came to Jesus. So what happens? Uh, uh, um, um, uh, uh, letter A here is he came to Jesus. Look at verse 15. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud, <coughs> excuse me, loud voice cried, God, or a uh, loud voice glorified God and fell down at his feet and <coughs> at his feet giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. This is a significant turn of events because uh, we we don't know out of the ten how many were Samaritans, how many were Jews. The the assumption is that the nine that left were the uh, were all Jews, but we don't know that. But this one man here just a few minutes ago, he was yelling and saying, "Master, cleanse me." And now he's shouting and giving God glory. And this is a significant truth because we're told something about this man that we need to know. And that is the fact he's a Samaritan. But he comes and he, and he falls at the feet of Jesus. And as I thought about this, I thought about a parable that we talked about a, a couple of months ago earlier this year, about a woman who came to Jesus. In Luke chapter 7, in verses 44 to 47, it says, And and he turned to the woman and said unto uh, Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, have not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore I say unto thee, her sin, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same love of little. I have a question for you. Another question. I got a lot of questions this morning. Who did Jesus come to make whole or to save? Okay, the whole world. He did not come to just save the religious crowd. He came to save everyone. In Luke chapter 5, in verse 30 to 32, but their scribes and Pharisees murmured against 
his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with publicans and sinners? And Jesus answered and said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are, uh, are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Why did Jesus come? Jesus came to heal those of us that needed healing. He came to heal the sick and to, to, to make whole those whose lives were falling apart. It's not about religion. It's about relationship. Jesus wants that relationship with you. Not only uh, did, uh, uh, did he, uh, he came to Jesus, but he was a Samaritan, point B. He was a Samaritan. So let's talk about this for a minute because this is, this is again, this is important. We've, I've talked about it many times. But every time you see this phrase, that someone is a Samaritan, the woman at the well, and, and different, different things, it's important to know why there's such a big deal made of this. So let me give you a very quick history lesson, okay? <clears throat> In 722 B.C., 720, that was a long time ago, okay? 722 B.C., the Assyrians conquered Israel and took most of the people captive. The Assyrians then brought in Gentiles to colonize the, the land of Israel from, from Babylon. The foreigners brought with them all kind of pagan idols and, and so on and so forth. And the Jews began to worship the idols that the Babylonians brought in. And then they started to intermarry. And they created this nationality, I guess you'd call it, called the Samaritans because they were from Samaria. This, this, this mixed breed of Jews and Babylonians. Meanwhile, in the southern kingdom, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Judah fell to Babylon in 600 B.C., and its people, too, were carried off into captivity. But 70 years later, they were allowed to return and rebuild the temple. When they came back, 43,000 Jews came back. And the people that now inhabited the, the kingdom were the Samaritans, this, this mixed breed between the Babylonians and the Jews. And they fought and they, they resisted the 43,000 Jews that came back to rebuild the temple. Hence, that's the book of Nehemiah because Nehemiah came and had to build a wall around Jerusalem to protect the Jews from the Samaritans. So this, this, this blood feud, if you would, I don't know how else to say it, between the Samaritans and the Jews took place. And, it, and over the, the next 500 plus years between the book of Nehemiah and Jesus' time, 
five, six hundred years in there, this 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 division or the the whatever you want to call it between the two groups of people only got worse. So we we hear about how the Jews hated the Samaritans. Well, I'm here to tell you the Jew, the Samaritans hated the Jews just as much as the Jews hated the Samaritans. They they both hated it. In fact, they, it's still going on today. So that's why the Samaritans, this guy is is described as a Samaritan. And then Jesus, in verse 18, he says, There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. Why? Because he was a Samaritan. But God came to save all of us, Jew and Gentile. Samaritans, Jews, didn't matter. Jesus was going to die for all of them. Psalm chapter 107, verse 22. And let them sacrifice the sacrifice of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Do you, do you realize that when we give thanks to God or we give praise to God, it is a form of sacrifice to God. And it is a well-pleasing sacrifice to God. We should be quick to give praise to God. Never, ever, ever forget to be thankful. Let me read Luke chapter 7, verse 47 again. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which were many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. When's the last time you stopped and and just said to God, thank you for saving my soul? If you're saved this morning, that should be a regular practice for you. That should be something that we do on a regular basis. Just thank God for what He did. Thank God for more for for where He's brought you from. Point number three this morning. The purpose of missions. So we have the objective of missions and now we have the purpose of missions. And I see the purpose of missions all over this story. I see it in the in the lives of the unforget the, the, the ungrateful. And as I as I stopped and I thought about this, I told you that chances are really, really good. If I had been one of the ten, I would have been one of the nine. I, I believe that. Why? Because I'm selfish. Now, I know many of you here are not selfish, but I am. And I want what I want. But as I thought about these nine guys, 
I thought this. Their lives will never be the same. Think about that. If, if you had leprosy it, during that time, and Jesus had walked by and said, hey, poof, you're, you're healed. Do you think your life would change? Absolutely. And I've heard, I've heard pastors get up and just absolutely rail on these nine guys that walked away from, from Christ that day. But I'm here to tell you their lives had to have been changed. And I'm here to tell you also that I believe with all my heart that God was not done with them yet. Do you think it's possible that one or maybe all nine of them, when they finally got home to their loved ones and they told them what had happened, they started realizing, wait a minute, I need to go back to Jesus. Do you think that quite possibly maybe one or all of them or some of them may have gotten saved along the way? I think there's a really good possibility of it. They struggle with their being thankful. Absolutely. There's no question that they they struggled being thankful, but their lives were changed. And that is what missions is all about. Changing lives. And we send missionaries around the world and their their job is to, to touch the lives of people that we cannot. Milka is a perfect example of missions, right? People that we cannot reach with the gospel, missionaries can go and touch their lives. Now, is every one of them going to get saved the very first time they meet? No. But their lives will be different because of it. The purpose of missions. I see it also in the grateful man. The man who, when when confronted with the healing that took place in his life because he had been obedient to what Christ had told him, was made whole. Now I got a question for you, another question for you. Which is more important? Being healed? Or being made whole? Being made whole. Because what is that in reference to? That is in reference to his soul. That is, his, his body was not healed or, or made whole because his body was made whole when Jesus told him to go see the priest and he did it. When he was cleansed from leprosy, he was cleansed. But he was made whole the same way I was June 23rd, 1980 when I accepted Christ into my life. Prior to that time, I remember looking, there were times that I would literally look down and I would feel because I felt like there was a hole missing. I felt like I had this big empty hole. And I literally would look down and I would, I would feel to see if that, that hole was real or not. 
And I tried feeling, filling that hole with all the things of the world. But the moment I got saved, I was made whole. Physically, emotionally, spiritually. He was made whole. The word whole means to be complete with no other need. He was made whole. Acts chapter 9, verse 34, And Peter said unto him, uh, Arius, go, uh, or excuse me, Arius, uh, Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. Arise and, and make thy bed. And he arose immediately. By coming to Jesus, this man was made, not only was he, was he made, uh, 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 not only was he cleansed, but he was made whole. And he came to Jesus and he, and he gave praise to him for making him whole. Mark chapter 5 and verse 34, And he said unto, unto her daughter, Thy faith had made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Mark chapter 10 and verse 52, And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith had made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight. And followed Jesus in the way. Again, these people were being made whole because of their faith. Look at verse 19. And he said unto him, Arise and go thy way. Thy faith had made thee whole. What does your faith look like this morning? What is, what is missions really all about? Missions is about us as a group of people banding together, financially supporting people, other people, to go to countries where we cannot go, to reach a group of people that we cannot reach. Another thing that I want to point out about missions that's important is the reason why most missionaries need financial support from the United States is because most countries will not let Americans come into their country without financial support. Most third world countries, particularly third world countries, even first world countries, will not allow Americans to come in and take away jobs from their people. So they will not let them in unless they have financial support so that they cannot come in and take away jobs from their own people. That's one of the, the one of the main reasons why missionaries need our financial support. Earlier I asked you three questions. Why do we give financially to missions? Why do we pray for missionaries? And why do we go help missionaries? The answer is very, very simple. Because people need the Lord. And Jesus died for every people group. The Samaritans and the Jews, the, 
the good, the bad, even the ugly, like me. God died for us all. The Kehillwatt family will be here in a couple of weeks, and their their goal is to go to the island, to the to the nation of Japan. Very difficult place to minister. Very difficult. I've been there many times, and the, the stories that I've I've heard of the missionaries are just incredible. But I'll tell you what: when a person in Japan gets saved, they get saved. I met a young lady in Japan one time that she got saved and when she got baptized, the day she got baptized, her family had a funeral for her because she was dead to them. I'm telling you, that's commitment. That's commitment. The Keelings will be here in a few weeks as well. And incredible, incredible story. Rickson grew up in, on the island of Panama. God called him to preach. And he came to the United States and got an education and went back and is doing an incredible work for God. Just incredible. Our slogan on the back wall over there, around the corner, in the round the world. And we make a big mistake. We make a big mistake when we think that missions only takes place in Africa, South America, Japan, whatever, you name it. In reality, missions takes place right here in Friendly. What are you doing to reach your neighbor. What are you doing? I know what I'm doing. I'm doing everything I can to reach every one of my neighbors. What are you doing? Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and for the work you do in our lives. And Lord, I just ask that you would do a mighty work in our hearts and lives. And Lord, We live in a society where thankfulness is something that it is not natural to us. And Lord, help us to, to recognize that. And Lord, help us to be a thankful people. Help us, dear God, to walk with you and to, to, to understand and to grow. But Lord, more importantly, help us to be thankful. Thank you for all that you've done for us. With every head bowed and every eye closed, let me ask you, 